will speak on Shakri Slichol. And you have the uh, the handout, and Hazrat uh, Shamblad has uh, spoken before at our uh, conventions, and he's real high tech, as you can see, and uh, he's ready. So this is also important to teach. Uh, members of shul or teenagers could die in your shul so uh, that's the floor is yours thank you very much okay it's a pleasure to be here does everybody have a, a handout Okay. What I've done this year is I have I have just copied and handed out basically all the slides in the order that we'll be presenting them so that you can follow along directly with what's on here. The thing is that if you want the entire presentation on CD, including the sound files, which are not included here, um, you can send me emails. It's a very large file. I could probably get it to you on CD if you really wanted it, but this is the whole thing. This is the whole thing printed out. Um, I do, do have a problem with the sound files here in this presentation. It really doesn't matter because it's most of the sound files are just me playing the examples on the keyboard, just as a convenience. But I could just do it here, you know, as we're as we're presenting, so it'll be fine. Our topic is weekday morning scales, modes, and motifs. One of the reasons why weekday morning is one of the first courses that we tell students who are just starting out to take isn't because, well, weekday davening becomes something that you do every day. It's because weekday davening really can form the basis of your understanding of nusach, of how it works. The basis of davening, of nusach, of scales, of modes, motifs, how it all fits together without a basic understanding of how it all works you find the other courses to be quite difficult. So this, we use this opportunity in weekday davening, in the weekday davening class, to present many of these basic concepts. So our presentation here is not going to be about necessarily what to sing, but rather its structure. We'll be talking about its basic structure, and of course, this is something that takes at least a full semester to do, so we're only gonna be giving uh, sort of the highlights, we'll be giving sort of an overview we're going to use a variety of tools. We're going to look at some of the classic sources. We're going to be looking at the Bell's material, which is the really what the, the paradigm of contemporary orthodox nusach, the contemporary way we daven here in America, I think. And uh, we'll also be looking at uh, some of the, the musicology treatises like Idelson from his thesaurus, as well as from his book, Jewish music, we'll take a couple of things in there, and at the very last couple of slides, which we might not really get to, is a discussion of my trying to reconcile Idelson's concept of the tefillah mode, his oriental tefillah mode versus his Ashkenaz tefillah mode. One of the things you'll find as you do if you take my is I don't always have the answers, but what I am good at is raising the questions. So we'll see as we go along. So this is just a little slide about why analysis is important. And this is a little plug I always like to make here. You know, we're, we're training Vale Tefillah. Vale is an expert. You, you need to know more than what to sing. If you just want to know how to do something, we can give you a tape. 
We've got many, many tapes. But that doesn't do, that doesn't really help you, right? You're not a chazan, you're not a baal tefillah if you just learned it from a tape. It doesn't really matter how good you are, you have to sort of know what's going on underneath. And also, knowing the structure gives you more tools, especially if you're interested in teaching this. You would be surprised. If you have to present the concept of Nusach to people who have music backgrounds, especially people coming from who have become, who have come from, let's say, operatic backgrounds, or musicology backgrounds, they don't know these terms in the intuitive way that you and I might know. They don't really know. When you use terms like recitative and modes and scales, we mean something very specific that doesn't necessarily mean the same as it is used by people who are not part of this world. So this requires that our analysis be fairly careful. We have to be precise. We have to use terms that make sense. We have to be sure we define them well even if we're defining them differently than the way they're, they're used in other places. And of course, performance, understanding phrases musically helps you sing them. You know, that's not necessarily, it's not so much here for the weekday service, but for other services it's very important. Just a little bit about the scope. We're talking here about a regular weekday service. We're not Rosh Chodesh, we're not talking about Tisha B'Av, we're not talking about fast days, and we're mostly going to focus on the morning uh, blessings for Chodesh Shachar, Zimra, and Shema Ubirchoteha, and we're going to spend some time on the Amidah mode. We're not going to talk about Tafel or anything like that. And it, it, just a little bit, just to be sure we're clear about the scope of what we're talking about. So we need to start at the beginning, which is usually a little bit farther afield than the actual Nusaf that we're discussing. We have to be sure that we have some concept of scales and modes and what they mean, and, cer and certainly what I mean when I use these terms. And again, this is really summarized. This is very heavily condensed. But you know, we talk about modes and scales, and we try to define the differences between modes and scales, and it's not always that easy. We tend to use <coughs> these terms interchangeably. And I would just say that a scale is a structure. It says actually very little about the modes. Our modal patterns are really motivic patterns. Our modes are really based on motifs. And that's interesting, and you probably think, well, of course, but when we talk about scales like um, the Ahava the Frankish, if I just played that scale, and I said, okay, well, that's the Nusach of this part of the service. Go ahead and sing it make any sense. You'd be, you'd be completely wrong. You have to have the motifs, it is the motivic patterns that really matter. When you examine the unique note collection of a specific mode, or let's call it Nusach, the entire formula. In this room we don't necessarily have to go do our five-week uh, definition of what Nusach is. We sort of have an intuitive, <coughs> intuitive understanding. If I said, What's the scale structure of a particular nusach? Well, you have to extract from the nusach, from the motivic pattern, a unique note collection. And it's not always that easy. Sometimes there isn't a unique note collection. Sometimes your unique note collection is just a major scale or a natural minor scale. And that can make, uh, if you're trying to say, well, this is a unique scale, sometimes it's not. Obviously, different modes can be based on the same scale. Natural minor, we have natural minor all the way through, right? We're going to look at the pentatonic scale, right? When we talk about the Amidam, we're going to say, well, what exactly is that? What scale pattern is that really? What unique note collection are we going to pull out from that? It's not, not always uh, quite so straightforward. 
there's always been this concept of three or, or four basic Jewish modes, Hashem Allah, Magen Avot, These really describe scales, not modes. The, the thing is, the, the idea that if something is in a major tonality, it's all automatically Hashem Malach is not really so. It, especially here with Magen Avot. Magen Avot mode has specific motifs. Just because something is minor does not mean it's the Magen Avot mode. Ava Rabah, the mode, that's certainly, we have many, many modes, many Nuschaot or Nusachim that are derived from that one scale. And it's we tend to, that one we tend to say, well, this is definitely freightish because I think it's because of the unique sound of the scale. It's a very unique. We're going to talk about the weekday use of the freightish scale. The idea of trying to separate modes and scales is, as a concept, if you, if you read the musicology treatises like Idelson and other places in some of the journals, people will tend to use just the term mode. They'll say the weekday morning mode, the tefillah mode, the amidah mode. It's really a simple way of looking at it. It's really just a nice way of talking about nusach. The advantage of the loaded word nusach is that nusach really, for us, kind of means all those things. We know what that entails. Nusach as a collection of formulas, as a collection of motifs, not just the scale pattern, and not just what we might just call an abstract mode. So here we have Nusach as a reflection of motifs, not necessarily scales. It actually encompasses a lot more than that. It's also in terms of performance style. I don't mean performance as in like performance. I mean the way you, the way you render something, right? So if you're saying something, if you, you're saying of Rachamim, you're going to do it differently than you would, let's say, something else, let's say on Shabbos morning, even though the scale might be the same, right? But your performance of it will be different. And that is, in fact, part of the mode, part of the Nusach. Any questions? Should we shape, let's save questions for the end? Okay. Which button do you use? I'm going back. Here we go. I really like this chart. This is the old CTI chart, chart of modes defined by motivic patterns. Notice how there are no words here. Words are considered unnecessary. Right? You have the title of the, of the various modes. And I've circled here the weekday Amidah mode and the Ahava Rabah mode. Um, and my sound files for these are, are the problem with them, but it doesn't matter because the sound files are just me playing. So if I were to just, are the problem with them, but it doesn't matter because the sound files are just me playing. So if I were to just, let's just look at the beginning of the, uh, what is the Ahava Rabah pattern here. more elaborate way up here, you notice how the third up here is is uh, in the natural, it's not raised, but I don't want to talk about that now. But you can just see he has a different pre-concluding phrase coming up back pet down here. Yeah. 
Pre-concluding and concluding phrases, really, right? They're, they're separated by these lines. But this, um, these phrases, this very simple pattern is more a weekday than, let's say, coming down the. You know, that's that's kind of to me more of a Shabbos move. You may disagree, but to me that's more elaborate than what you might use on the weekday. And of course, we have the weekday Amidah mode has over here, and he has a bit that he's playing all the phrases, or, we're going to talk a lot about that as we get it, and then these would be middle phrases. Let's do a scale review, right? A scale review, very important because we have to be sure we all, we're all on the same page about scale. So we have this, as I lay these out here, major minor scales with the half steps and the whole steps. You know, the major scale we don't have to play, but the natural minor scale. <laughs> referred to as what kind of scale, do you know? Diatonic. Diatonic. As opposed to a chromatic scale, which is all half steps, as opposed to a pentatonic scale, which is which is a five-note scale with essentially no adjacent half steps, and we'll talk about pentatonic. And then you also have whole tone scales, which have no half steps at all. Let's look at the harmonic minor scale. <laughs> between a harmonic minor scale and the nat natural minor scale? The raised seventh. Why is the seventh raised? You know? It's harmony. harmony, leading tone, right. Harmonic minor scale means you have to fit into the harmony. Now the harmony that dictates Western music considers more modal music versus tonal music is the sense that now we have to emphasize the, to the tonic of the key, which means that you always have to have something that drives it towards the tonic, drives it towards home base. And so common practice music, which was mostly, you know, the, the, the big councils of Trent that they had in the 16th century. And the idea was we now have to make music so that people can sing it in tune and they made a number of changes, including the outline of the Diablos Musicum, the tritone, which you and I use all the time, right? But that's a no-no in voice leading. So certainly, so you have to adjust the minor scale 
so that you now have a leading tone as opposed to you and I might not think that's so strange but to me this is 15th century right
And I have this little note here. This is actually from an old instruction. German and Western European communities do not use the AR mode in this one. We're going to talk about that. And I'm going to ask you what you do. Um, the Abidah mode, aspects of the pentatonic scale, that Tom and Torres are going to talk about, and concluding with weekday minor. Charts are actually very handy, um, especially if you know what the Nusach implies, right? If you have an understanding of what it is, it's a handy way. And some of the more complicated services, something like Hoshana Rabba, right? A chart can really, can really come in handy. a good pedagogical tool. Okay, this is weekday minor. Let me just, what, what key did I do this in? What is this? This is the natural minor scale, right? And I put the, the solfege syllable down here, starting on lock. A couple of uh, notes about the tonic and the dominant, the octave, that's not really so much what we, uh, we concern ourselves with, with your scale degrees. Now, the thing is, this is this is the natural minor scale. It's it, the same thing if you look at various mode charts and you see, well, this is the Magenavot um, mode. Well, it corresponds to the same scale, but the Magenavot mode, again, has its own unique motifs. This is natural minor scale and what we would call the weekend minor mode with its own specific motifs. And as a categorizer, I try to extract what the motifs are. Now, you might not agree with all of them. You may have your own slightly different variations, but I've extracted some of them to show you. We have a sample opening with pauses on the fourth and lots of chanting on the third. And our, and our concluding tones are on the, coming back to the tonic. I have a sample concluding cadence. This is familiar to you, right? This is something you would you would you would use. You may have other ones. There, there, you could probably extract others as well. Well, that's where Shabbat Shalom comes. Shabbat Shalom. <laughs> is, that what, is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a little that's a little different. I have a, I have a, a Shabbat morning conclusion here over here. This is again. Um, an abstract about the, the, the weekday minor mode. Again, this is sort of my take on it. You may have other, you may have other opinions. Um, I'm calling this a chanting mode. You know, people use the paradigm of, of Torah blessing. Da 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 da. That's sometimes helpful to tell people. Although I've been told by the by the young students now that they don't use that anymore. They said the, yeah. they, 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 they somebody said you learn that for your bar mitzvah from your cantor, and then you. And I try to ask them, well, what do you use when you, and they think they have some sort of, I don't know, mumbling chant idea, but like a handle on it. Yeah, some mumbling chant. Some mumbling chant, yeah, I don't know. But it's, it's, not, a bad, it's not a bad paradigm to use. It, it's, it's a very familiar thing to use. Now, I have the melodic motion is often to the third with pauses on the fourth. We saw that. Now I'm making this distinction 
from a typical Shabbat morning conclusion. Da, 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 da. To me, that's more Shabbos. Something I would avoid in the weekday morning. Now, you might, you might not agree with that, but if, if, if I'm not mistaken, if you went through, let's say, the Bell's material, you don't see this da, 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 in the weekday material. We do da 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 da. It's more simple, more weekday. Da 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 da. Some may even go so far as to call the Shabbos morning version of da 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 as the Yishtabach mode. Right? I don't want to get get into that. Some people say it's da 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 da. I don't want to get into that so much. But you know, it's a, it goes da 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 da. I have some variations here. We'll see some of it in some of the music, a sense to the sixth, uh, variation sense to the seventh and the octave, I think I have some examples over here. So this is, this is the way we might talk about the weekday morning. And you can see once you actually start to, in it, to, to talk about its structure, it becomes a little bit less simple, doesn't it? Right? The singing might be simple, but the actual thinking about it is a little bit more involved. This is from the Bell School curriculum. This is from Lolly, page one. Well, there it is. With the same now, the typical... And this little variation to the seventh here that I have, which I like. this a little bit elaborate, and so we have we have conveniently given them a lower version, right? Not going up to the seventh. And then page one, ad lib. So modal aspects of your Chodah Shachar. I'm identifying it simply as weekday minor. And you see all the, the the big hullabaloo about what weekday minor actually means. But here's a little interesting discussion, which you know, we, can only, we can only touch on for a moment. The idea of chant versus song. And it also performance styles. Chant versus song. If we were to throw out a couple of ideas about the difference between chanting versus singing, right? Without opening up the whole floor, let me just, let me just guide, the, guide the discussion. The, the word really is syllabic, right? We're going to talk a moment about tone density, which is basically a fancy way of saying the number of notes that you sing per syllable. When you sing a song, right, you tend you can have as many notes as you want on a syllable, whereas when you're chanting, you tend to be syllabic. In that sense, Chanting, as is appropriate for the weekday morning, is a little bit closer to speech. In fact, when you phrase the dominating, you're going to phrase the dominating closer to what you would if you were singing, right? Rather than if you were singing. <coughs> and we have a discussion of psalmody. What is psalmody? I believe it's Eric, the musicologist Eric Werner, who said 
psalmody, Jewish psalmody is the study of what we think, the way we think chants for songs were done, especially in the temple period. I believe that is essentially what he says, and people have different ideas of what the psalmody is, but that's really essentially the idea of psalmody is the way you chant songs. And it's important because we have a lot of songs in Birchot HaShachar, in Pesuket Zimmer, we have a lot of things, a lot of biblical texts. And here we have a discussion of psalmody, the chanting of the songs, and tone density, the number of notes per syllable, which we were just talking about. Uh-huh. <coughs> I somehow have heard that uh, there's a connection that that the way that the uh, the the Tehillim, the, the songs, yeah. uh, was uh, syllabic. Syllabic, yes, indeed. That's what I, that's what they say, and that's what. I'm not exactly sure what the what the historical source is for trying to prove that. I've heard that some of, you know, the Ta'amehani Kra that's on top of the song, but we don't really have a music for it, but other communities do. That tends to be syllabic. Uh-huh. But they also find it, unfortunately, this is very, this is the only page we're not having the sound files working here is, is, is a shame. Because the other ones are just me playing the piano. But I actually have very early church chants for songs, they're in Latin, which are syllabic. And you know, it, depending on who you may be, certainly the, the, the Christian... You mean that they got it from... The, the Christ, certainly the Christian theorists say that this is the way it was done in the temple. Even Idelson will say that it's probably a reflection of the way it is. Performance style probably... I, there's no real way to prove it, and I, I haven't done my own research on it, so it's, it's hard to say. But I think if you, if you listen to some of these things, which unfortunately we can't, but the Gregorian chant, which I can tell you just from, from hearing it, it had an introduction on the word hallelujah, even though it's from Psalm 110, which doesn't start with the word hallelujah. But um, it has this kind of introduction, which is the word hallelujah, and then it's a syllabic chant. It's one note. Something like that. And psalmody actually has a lot of different things. Psalmody throughout the ages very often reflected the performance style. The Psalm 1 chant of the Church of Spain, this was great. I'm, I'm very, very sorry it's not here, but this was actually sounded a lot like Dominic, to tell you the truth. Right? It was a little bit more melismatic. It had, had a, a different tone density. And here, this was an example of English psalmody, which is really a nice little tune that somebody wrote for uh, Psalm 98. Shir Shir You know, um, they, they uh, took the middle of the psalm, and they took a melody, and they harmonized it in four-part harmony. Right? Not syllabic. But they also, musicologists, refer to this as English psalmody, 18th century English psalmody. So it's very different than what you and I would do on the weekday morning. And as Sephardic psalmody, it was like, I don't remember exactly which text it was, but that's, that, was, that was essentially the, I can't reproduce it in my voice the way the, the singer on the recording can, but it's very syllabic. One note, every note was a syllable, The discussion of psalmody and weekday dominant is one way we distinguish between the chanting that you need to do on the weekday versus the singing that you might do on Shabbos morning, especially as a cantor. It would be mostly inappropriate in an early morning meeting to not do it in the syllabic psalmody, right? It would be inappropriate to do something that's very elaborate because they'll throw you out. 
And at this point, I always like to tell my, my, my one famous story about dominating in the administrator's minion at YU. I had, well, I had, I had yard sites, and I never dominated for the almond there. Yeah, I, I, I never dominated for the almond there. I hide in the back because I don't want them to, to call on me. So sure enough, I had yard sites, I dominated Myra, and I used the right dress-off. And, you know, I'm no fabulous singer, but I have a trained voice. And it sounds like a voice with training. There's vibrato in it, even when I try to hide the vibrato. Right, you know, you try to squeeze it down so you don't sound too fancy. Well, sure, I did it as best I could, really as plainly as I could. The next day, I went for Mincha, and the Gabbai said, everyone was late. He looked at me and he said, you scared them away last night. And I was embarrassed. He was joking with me. But you know what? There was an undercurrent of truth in what he was saying. When a, when a, when a cantor, when a training in his voice, does weekday, it's too fancy. It's too fancy. I don't know exactly what we can do about it, but it's an attitude that we have, and it's something that we fight against. But it's an interesting thing. And this is one of the things that, that's what always prompts me to have this discussion of what psalmody is and the appropriate use of chanting, chanting versus uh, weeping. Let me see what the next slide is. Psalmody and Navani. Now I'm putting down here just a couple of, uh, of, of things here about syllabic. We've talked about this. Uh, now this is, this is from Joseph Levine's book, Synagogue Psalm of America. He has a whole thing about the different techniques that we use in davening, including psalmonic technique, he has a biblical technique, a melismatic technique. He says that his, his, his idea is in syllabic technique in davening, this is he calls it kind of cracking the whip, right? You have syllabic density, and this is an example of tone density where it's you know, one note per syllable, then you have a melismatic tone density with lots of lots of lots of notes on one syllable. Here's my advice, not that any of you really need it, but don't do this on the weekday. <laughs> don't don't do don't do that. Okay? If you do, you know, I don't know, maybe if they're if you have, I don't know, like a, a, a bris and they or a, or a baby naming or something in the morning and they've asked you to sing, but I would I would avoid this. But it isn't interesting as part of the discussion of what's what psalmody is and what syllabic and melismatic techniques are. Let's look at what Idelson says about weekday minor in his discussion, his thesaurus on the uh, Eastern European Jews, which is, I don't know, that's kind of what we think we are, right? That's kind of where, where, where we are holding from when we talk about music. We have, he says right away, the mode, and he's talking about the weekday morning mode. He just says the mode. <laughs> he says it's similar to the psalm mode. Again, the relationship between psalmody and weekday dominant. He says, he, this, is, this is not me, this is him. Eastern European Jews added a more minor quality to the psalm mode, implying that the psalm mode has some kind of a major tonality. And this is his example of this mode, right? Now, as written, he has, yeah. He has an E flat in it. I don't know, you and I might do it. Either way, the main thing is you can see this descent, this 4-1 cadence, just like we had, just like we see all through the bell school material, just like the way you and I probably do it. This is the psalm, now he refers you to other parts of his thesaurus. This is what he called the Ashkenaz psalm mode. This is from volume two, the Babylonian Jews, but he's got this whole big list of various psalm, psalm modes of the different Jewish communities. And this is 
fairly simple, but this is this is not from the weekday. Necessarily here that tells you that it's you know you have this there's no there's no credential pattern necessarily that would do this necessarily but you can hear it and you can see that it is syllabic what he basically says is that this kind of major sounding mode migrated downward. This idea that the Eastern European Jews, as he says, added a more minor quality, they basically did this. Here we are. Uh, we decided to use a deceptive cadence and shift it down to D minor. Now this idea of the Eastern European Jews shifting tones to make something more minor or something not major, this is something he says in other places too, including when he talks about the tefillah mode. It's an interesting theory. I, I don't know exactly what to make of it. I don't know if it's exactly true. You know, he's trying, what he's trying to do is almost com come up with the unified theory. And you know this about Idelson, that he tries to prove a lot of things come from some common sources. So if it comes from some common sources, what it means to Idelson is that we must have, the different communities must have taken the common source and changed it somehow. Maybe. You know, I, I don't really know. This is the... This is from the Frankfurt's, uh, this is Ogluj, similar to the Eastern European example. This is Baruch Shamar, just to play the, just to play the end of it. Um, now he, he, he's filling out the scale here, but you still have the essential that 4-1 cadence, and it still also retains its minor, uh, its minor quality. Frankfurt al Main. This is a very important community when you to study their music because it's a very old community, especially for the weekdays. It's a very old community, and they wrote everything down. The two, the two who did the mo most of the writing were uh, Oguch and Scheuermann, and they were worried that the music was being lost. Now it was really prophetic because you know what happened. You know, in a few years after Scheuermann died, you know what happened in Europe. So they wrote everything down. And they actually have some very interesting things to say about the weekday service. Now it's, it's Frankfurt is what, the, it's like the middle of Germany, right? It's not necessarily where, you know, Arnusov is, it, it's not going to be the same, but it's an interesting comparison for European Nusach. So let's just take a look at the Birkota Shahar. Um, and you tell me what you think. This is, this is, uh, the first one is Oguj. To our Amidamo than it is to da 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 that's us. This is actually more has has a more almost a major flavor to it. And you can see there's a there's an implication here at the end. Right? He's kind of giving you major. Now you can I'm hearing this 
as clearly like a major outline, but it can also still be thought of as part of the pentatonic. Right? You can sort of see it in that context as well. To me, when I hear that, I hear... You might not, but either way. But it certainly is not the same from what is what we do, is it? It is, in fact, different. It's really the same as what we do um, in the Bell School. When I say we, I'm talking about the Bell School curriculum. And you see the same thing. And this is, this is sort of classic, the 4-1 cadence. He uses a different key. Um, <laughs> This is major. This is weekend. 
source? I'm not exactly sure. Oh, for, you're right, 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 right. But you can see that it's not, but it's not the same. He, he stays in this mode. They stay in this mode throughout Shmuel Hotel. They stay in this mode throughout the whole thing, and it's very different from the use of the from the use of the phrase. And it's definitely a, it's definitely major. We can analyze it more if we wanted to, but in the interest of time, we won't. But you can see it's a very different thing. This is like the second way, right? The third way is to stay in minor, which I think is also common. Who who stays in minor? Tell me what this is. Um, this is, uh, yeah, hold on, over oh, here. Very good point. Very good point. So I see a similarity. Yeah. Whether it's done as right. much as I love, I don't think it's yeah. I feel a lot of lost in another world. But this is absolutely. Yeah, and I actually I didn't even think of that. And that's a very good point. Did you all you all heard that? It, it, it's absolutely that this is very much consistent with what we would do on Shabbos morning in the same. 
major, minor, ambiguous, pentatonic. In Western music, we're talking about a five-note scale, essentially. The fancy term for this is anhematonic, no half steps. Now, it doesn't mean that you're not still in a diatonic system of half steps and whole steps. It just means that melodically, you tend to avoid adjacent half steps. You know, people say you can construct it with the black piece of the piano. Pentatonic melodies are very common. Yes. Wagon train. Wagon train? The TV wagon train. Oh. That's a musical reference I wouldn't know. I see all the battles. It sounds, you know what, also Turkey in the Straw. In the Bell School packets that I give out, we look at Turkey in the Straw with a couple of neighboring tones. It's a pentatonic thing. The reason, one of the reasons why American folk music tends to be this way is that musicologists often call this the Scotch scale or an Irish scale, something they call it the Chinese scale. But you know we have a lot of Irish influences in our in American folk music. Da 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 da. You know these, all these things are very much a pentatonic scale. Now it's really any combination of major seconds, whole steps, and minor thirds, one and a half steps. An opening minor third is actually very common, and this is what if you if you look at let's say the Groves Dictionary of Music and their attempt to try to define what pentatonic. They've got this gigantic article about pentatonic, and they give all these different things, but. If you try to extract from that, one of the things that, that, that the author says is that the minor third opening tends to sound much more pentatonic-like rather than opening from a major second. I think when we think of pentatonic, to me, and I agree, I think this sounds more pentatonic, right? But they're both pentatonic, right? It's just a matter of what kind of sounds more. This is what I, so I put here, and I, to me, this is minor. You may or may not agree, but to me, this always sounds more minor, and start opening up a second starts more major. And of course, it's because of the opening minor. Is the week the Amidamo really pentatonic? You know, we could we spend half a semester talking about that. The, the answer is, what do you think the answer is? I, I think it is. Because people struggle with it. They say, well, it's kind of major, kind of minor, kind of major. The reason why people struggle with the tonality and find it ambiguous is because it's pentatonic. It doesn't have necessarily a strong major or minor influence. It's pentatonic. When you have motifs that perfectly valid in a pentatonic system, right? When you have motifs, we, we, we look at some of the opening motifs for the Amida. When we do minor minor triads, well, you're not really doesn't necessarily you're you're not pentatonic, right? They're always looking for me, and it's guys are coming from upstairs too. <laughs> Uh, we don't have to, have to go through some of these years so much. I think if you'll 
something we're familiar with. Yeah, we play this. <laughs> yes, drum roll. A little bit of sound. Yes, the drum roll. <laughs> this is, you know, we're not, we don't have to go through this now. In the interest of time, I think it's pretty clear. But these are the, the I've, I'm pointing out various aspects of the motivic patterns in, in what is a very nice setting for the bell school. And you see openings of the minor triads and everything like that. The big thing for the Amida mode is the concluding motifs. It's including the concluding motifs. You see here, uh, here. Well, this pausal here, I say it almost tonicizes F major. This is what came to Malamani, what you were saying. If you, depending on the melody, you could almost hear it as, as F major. But, um, here's that half step. This doesn't sound too, here, the Z flat to D. This doesn't sound too pentatonic. You know, this is, this is what, what could be a little bit confusing. An opening minor triad. Let's go on here. Pre concluding and concluding motifs. We spent a lot of time on this. Uh, at the school, and in the interest of time, you know, we, don't, we obviously can't, can't cram a whole semester's worth of material in here, but in some sources that F is omitted, and just a minor third, which is a little bit more pentatonic-like, and then you have just tell me by a show of hands. When I'm talking about concluding motifs, I'm really focusing on a hatima of a brother. In the middle of paragraphs, you saw, you saw even in the Bell's example, we had both going on, the puzzle. And, and what do you use? What's up with That's number, that's number two, right? You can look at this in your packet, because I've given you a whole bunch of sources to try to figure out who does what and where, right? You see, this is interesting, because Illusen, in his South German Jews, he's giving you all of them as options, right?
He has the middle motif that Kanta Malavani was talking about in some places, but he ends them all like this. And what's interesting is that there does not tell you, he just gives one version of the Chazerat Hashat. So he doesn't say it's Eastern, Western, he gives you one version of it. So you, if we can conclude maybe that according to the German sources, the ending of the bracha might be da 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 because Baron gives that all the way through it, almost every bracha all the way through. Uh, did I ask by, by a show of hands, what do you use? We had, we had one, two, three, da 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 versus da 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 First one, in your own dominant, which one do you use?